This is in regard to the sutras. Sutras, the Sanskrit word, S-U-T-R-A-S. Sister language to Pali. Sometimes there's some discussion about which is the older of the two. Buddhists will say one, and the Sanskrit brothers and sisters will say the other, of course. And sutras, S-U-T-T-A-S, is the Pali uh, word. Generally gets translated as uh, discourses. That also could be teachings, talks in the contemporary uh, language. And these uh, teachings, the way that we are told through the tradition, is that for two or three hundred years, the uh, teachings were in oral form, probably Magadhi, that's the, the language of uh, Bihar, Bodhgaya area. And the way of recollection was through placing uh, the teachings, as the Buddha used, into the groups. And this helped for the memorization, we are told. So therefore one has a rather large range of groups. Buddha is a great groupie in that respect. Of Four Noble Truths, Eightfold Path, Four Foundations of Mindfulness, The Five Aggregates, The Seven Factors of Enlightenment, The Three uh, Trainings, the, the Triple Gem, The Five Powers, The Five, uh, what are the other? The Four Efforts, etc., etc. Many, Twelve Links of Dependent Arising, The Four Divine Abidings, I mean, they go on. One of my uh, books, I took the main one, uh, Light and Enlightenment, and as has been done traditionally through the commentaries, gave a commentary on quite a few of the main ones, including the four absorptions, the four formless realms, the four noble ones, uh, etc. And it is said that after two or three hundred years or so, it went from an oral tradition to a written tradition. The Buddha has, of course, in the well-known and famous Kalama Sutra, that means a talk to the Kalama people, gave clear advice, warnings, one might say, to be watchful of the way that we are influenced. In other words, the tradition may be two and a half thousand years or longer. There may be many, many people who adhere to it. Uh, it may be very reasonable and logical, it may have the great authority of a, a, a teacher and a culture that goes with it. Basic messages do not be influenced by any of that. But what contributes to the overcoming of causing harm in this world, what contributes to wisdom and liberation, that is what we are concerned with. Not all the influences, including what's in here. So the priority is always experience, uh, wisdom, uh, clarity, overcoming of uh, harm in this world to a free uh, life. So the reference point with regard to the discourses, the sutras, is to look to see what is useful and valid. So they do not have biblical authority. 
So in other words, as no book does have, all that a book consists of, of course, are words on paper. It's only the mind that can make it more than that. <coughs> Some of our religious friends, Buddhists and otherwise, tend to forget this and speak in terms of literal truth and revelation and give these things great authority. That's no authority, just a book. When it's given that kind of authority, my comment would be, burn it. You see the trouble that religion has caused through the book. So none of that applies in these kinds of teachings. So it's our experience, what we relate to, and if it works for us. That's the only criteria. In that, the collections were put into a number of categories. This is probably the best known of them all, the middle-length discourses, consisting of about 154 uh, talks uh, of, of the Buddha, middle-length meaning, relative to the others, they're middle-length, three, four, five, six, ten pages, etc. There's the collected ones, called, which is the shorter length ones. And then there's, this is the Samyutta Nikaya, and there's the Diga Nikaya, which is about 30-something discourses, if I remember rightly, which are the longer length uh, ones. In that, I mean, this book, as well as the others, uh, I, I believe over uh, uh, years, has uh, and contains within it a tremendous wealth of uh, insight, explanation and experience and therefore an extraordinary manual in a way for teachers, for students who love the Dharma to see the genuine depth and breadth that takes place. All too often the tradition, and all of them, no exceptions here, are elsewhere, do tend to take a far too limited view of the breadth and the depth of the teaching. As a small example of what I mean, one would think that the Buddha's teachings consists of being mindful, seeing impermanence, letting go, and, and there's a lot of words just to say that. It is much deeper and broader than that. Sometimes people's practice, when I ask how's your practice, what's going on, and it's, oh, I should, and practice is observing, practice is being aware, seeing things come and go, letting go, or, or, or developing, and this is a bit of meta, and away we go, and that's what it's all about. Well, no, it isn't. So, there's a genuine endeavour in the body of the teachings to explore and inquire into every facet and every area of human existence, to leave no stone unturned, and that everything of life is really is worth our inquiry, our investigation and, into, and looking into. The sheer wealth of exploration of the conditions and the states of consciousness the manufacturing of the I, me and my, the kind of uh, uh, states of experience which are available to us, a huge range, 
all you can find in here. It, it is quite a, a remarkable uh, the depth. And one knows, for those of us, and for myself, um, more than 30 years of exploration of this book, that those of us who uh, uh, have a great uh, love and appreciation for the Dharma, which relates well uh, to us, keep discovering uh, again and again fresh insights and fresh uh, uh, understanding. So as you can see, my enthusiasm is great, without giving it great authority. <laughs> a little bit, all right, okay, I, I confess, <laughs> etc. But we do need to use our discernment as well. In some things, one sees. In some things, one says, no, 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 no. And just lets it go. That, that freedom has to be re retained.